welcome to What Happened to You, the podcast that interviews footballers of the past today about their interviews from the past. Don't worry, it will all make sense when you listen. On this episode, supported by the set pieces, we talk to former Derby County, Ipswich Town, Chelsea, Notts County, Walsall, Northampton Town and Northern Ireland striker Kevin Wilson about his Focus On interview for Shoot Magazine from around 1985-86. You can find the original interviews on our Twitter feed at WHTYPod and on our dedicated channel over at The Set Pieces, www.thesetpieces.com. Full name? Kevin James Wilson. Birthplace and date? Uh, born in Banbury, Oxfordshire, 18th of April, 1961. And your height? Uh, five foot eight in my uh, heels. <laughs> and do you still weigh 11 stone? <laughs> now, that, that's, a bit, that's a bit cheeky, that mark. But no, I certainly don't. I've... Uh, I've most probably gained weight uh, with age, uh, uh, gracefully, I would say. Well, Kevin, welcome to What Happened to You. Um, I, I went through your list of clubs in the introduction, but where you've come up on our radar is in the 85-86 season and your interview for Shoot Magazine. Uh, there you are, crouched down in Ipswich Town's stylish Adidas kit with the red and white stripes across the body, uh, your hands clutching a tango football. You've got the 80s moustache. Um, which for many people, they'll definitely remember you for. Uh, and you've also got the wet look hair going on. Um, but if you look a little bit closer at your barnets, there are flecks of white in there. Uh, what's going on exactly in that picture, Kevin? Um, it, was a, it was a time where I'd just finished training and they got me outside quickly and it was snowing. So uh, I, I've got definitely got white in my hair now with a <laughs> bit of grey, that is. But yeah, it was snow during that picture. Um, well, before Ipswich, there was Derby County, and before that, there was your hometown club, Banbury United. Um, as a non-league footballer, you had to make a living in a real job. Uh, what Can you remember what you told Shoot that you did before you turned pro? Um, I worked in a warehouse, I think. I was training to be a, a sales rep. Yes, it does. It says you, were, you worked in a food warehouse. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So what was it? You were selling Kit Kats or uh, lumps of lumps no, of bacon or just general, no, just general uh, food for for wholesalers around the country, really. And mm. uh, they, you know, part of my job in them days was to to get the orders ready, pack it up, and and also then sometimes go out with some of the sales guys, and you know, so you're you're sort of a different different way of life, really. And fortunately enough, where Banbury United was Bambi United was only 200 yards from where I was working at the time. Well, other than your parents, your two biggest influences were former managers Arthur Cox at Derby County and Brian Stone at Bambury. Uh, tell us a bit about what both did for you. Um, Cox is pretty well known for what he did in his coaching career, but Stone, I think it's fair to say, is, is a bit much less famous. Yeah, Brian Stone was my manager at Banbury United and uh, he was one that really believed in me. He gave me the confidence to to put myself out there, really. Um, he believed in all the younger players there and he did actually take us out to different places to uh, on trials. I think we went to Leicester, I went to Wimbledon um, and played a few games, but... Uh, 
he was a manager that was most really very hard on me. Uh, expected uh, the good things. He, he, he said that, you know, first thing was a attitude and application, uh, which equals ability. And that's one thing that I sort of carried on from there, really. And I had good older pros around me because I was only 17 at the time. So I had good non-league pros who, who knew the game and, and they looked after me. And during that time, Hugh Curran came in. So, you know, he, he just finished at Oxford United and I, I've actually played up from the rim with a couple of games. So, mm. but Brian was a, a real good man manager, like very much like Arthur Cox. Arthur Cox was a, a man manager. He, he knew what he wanted from you. and. Uh, he used to say to me when I first uh, actually we played Bournemouth away when we got relegated and he, he came in. Uh, we were in the third division at the time, which uh, was sort of Derby in them days. We were on a, on a bit of a slippery slope before Arthur came in. And we went to Bournemouth and lost 1 0. And he, I can always remember him pulling me and Bobby Davison in, who we played up front. And he says, uh, How many shots did you have between you? And we both looked at each other and sort of. One, I think. Uh, how many chances did you make for each other? Um, uh, none. And, and he went right. He said, "Well, we need to put that to. We have to put that right." And I actually went on a run of uh, getting 13 goals in 13 games. I've scored uh, four goals against Hartlepool and three goals against uh, Bolton in the league at home. And all all he used to say was, "Well, that's what you're paid for. That that's what your job is." And uh, mm. He tried to improve my all-round game, but he also knew what my strength was, was going and running in behind. Well, according to Wikipedia, the fee Banbury received from Derby for you in 1979 remains their record transfer. Um, they didn't name a stand in your honour or anything, did they? No, they didn't, no. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it was 20, I think it was publicised as £25,000, I think. But I yeah. think in some places it said twenty. but that, that's only because because um, I actually signed. A lot of people don't realise that because of my career has gone on and how well I've done in, in the 20-year career that I had, um, I actually signed for Sheffield United before I went to Derby. I signed a three-year deal there and played in three reserve games, scoring two goals. And uh, the doctor at the time worked for England and he said I had a problem with my knee and they cancelled my contract. So as a 17-year-old, as a 18 year old my, my world was sort of shattered really I, I went back home and um, my mum my mum was very um, matter of fact and she says well you've got a choice my lad she says you either take it what they say or you actually go out and prove people that they're not right so I actually went to um, a specialist called Mr Benson in Oxford Radcliffe Infirmary uh, he did all the tests with my knee he, he, got, he had x-rays and he turned around and he said Cohen there's no problems with your knee. I'll give you 20 years in, in the professional game. And he was virtually right because I, I started in December 79 at Derby. And I think one of my last games was at Northampton in 2000. So he, um, you know, certainly helped me and most probably was one, maybe the, one of the biggest influences on my career because of what, you know, what he put out there that day. Well, if we now turn to nicknames, um, they christened you Jockey at Ipswich, um, possibly due to your height. You, that's what you guessed in your interview, which being five foot eight is a bit harsh. Uh, you know, jockeys are usually a bit shorter than that. But I thought about it and thought perhaps it's more to do with the, the darts player, Jockey Wilson. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, at Derby, they called you shoestring, which uh, you'll, right, have to, yeah. you'll have to be over a certain age to get that reference. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a private detective, wasn't he? Or some kind That's of right. He had, uh, uh, he had very dark hair and a tash. That's right, yeah. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, long time ago, but yeah, I do remember that. I do yeah. remember. Uh, well, you said in your interview that your favourite players growing up were Bobby Charlton and Trevor Francis. Uh, and when you were an adult, it was Brian Robson, who you called a complete all-rounder. Did you model your own game on any of them? No, not really. I, most really the player that I modelled myself on was Kevin Keegan, you know, because he mm. was the same sort of size as me. Um, but I, I used to see him and, and used to watch him. But you, I think, yeah, you'd like to model your game on people, but I think you have to concentrate on what you're at and what you're good at. And, you know, certainly from me, I had to make sure that my game was all about being fit and, and quick and, and making sure to try to get on the end of things to score goals or, or create goals. So, um yeah, Kevin Keegan was the one that I sort of tried to take, you know, certain things off. But you have to model your own game and, and become your own player. Mm. Well, I like how Shoot asked you not only about what car you had, which was a Ford Fiesta gear, snazzy. Um, yep. But they also asked you what your house was like, to which you answered, um, you've got a three bedroom detached in Derby that was up for sale. And I have to applaud you for getting in that little advert just in case the parents of any of the kids reading it were looking for something uh, for the family in the, in the East Midlands. Um, did you get the price you wanted for the house? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I think it was courtesy of Shoot Magazine, really. But <laughs> um, now, I, you, you know, it was uh, just one of them things that you sort of, I suppose I'm just very straight and, and to the point and um, it, it just came out and we sold it quite quickly, actually. Um, well, your most memorable match... Uh, you said up to this point was for Derby against Luton in 1981. Can you recall why? Yeah, I scored an over at Ed Kick goal, um, which actually was, I, I don't know whether it won goal of the month or it was certainly in goal of the month. So, yeah, it was uh, one that I, I scored, but also in, in that game, I, I created another one where I weaved in and out uh, right at the end and fired it past the post. And, you know, most probably uh, looking at that that would have most would have been a better goal than the uh, overhead kick goal. By Leon. Away by Price. Wilson is in there with the overhead kick. Oh, I say, what a fantastic goal! By Kevin Wilson. Beautifully taken. Riley flicked the ball on. Paul Price with the header out. And an overhead kick by Kevin Wilson makes it 1-0 to Derby. And this young man signed from Southern League Banbury for £10,000 last season. That gives him five goals in the last 11 games. Well, you did well at Derby um, in the days before Robert Maxwell's money helped them into the top flight. Uh, and yes, it was between sort of two, two successful eras for them. But were they happy days at the old baseball ground? Yeah, they were. They, they, was, they were the start for me. And, and during them times, there were some very difficult times. The club nearly went out of business. Uh, there was a lot of people that came in and saved them, different people at different times. And uh, I think at one stage, every, every player got put on the transfer list. So, yeah, there were difficult times, but enjoyable times. You know, I was at a little club with a great history. Um, you know, it's very fun. It's very... Uh, um, 
community base where there's a lot of uh, things like we used to be president of uh, the local uh, Rams clubs, so headquarters or Ashbourne or anywhere like that. So you got out to meet the fans, that they, they got to know you and um, I think they gave you more time once they got to know you. If you were having a bit of a bad time, they, they stuck with you. And uh, yeah, it, it was a homely club um, and very much like where I went after with Ipswich, so both very homely clubs, very good. They, they both had very good history. And, um, you know, it gave me the base to, for what I went on to achieve. Mm. Uh, well, you signed for Ipswich in early 1985. And when, um, was, when you were asked by Shoot for your ambitions for the 85-86 season, you said to keep a regular place in the team, score a lot of goals and help Ipswich do better in the first division. Well, two out, two out of three wasn't bad. Um, you were the top scorer that season, but you went down. Uh, Ipswich had won the UEFA Cup and almost the league title uh, under Bobby Robson uh, just five years earlier uh, before he left to take the England job after the 1982 World Cup. Um, although, although they were no longer quite at that level, uh, was there any indication that yeah. relegation was on the cards when you signed for the club and, and where do you think it went wrong for them? I think it, I think it was very much of a transitional time and uh, a lot of people were you know, uh, leaving the club at that sort of sort of period, um, I think they brought a lot of younger players through, the likes of Mark Brown and uh, Jason Dizel. He was the youngest one at that time to come through and play league football. Uh, the likes of Frank Yallop, who, who's gone on to be a, a successful coach. Um, who else was there? Kevin Steggles. Um, you know, they were bringing a lot of young players through at that time, and you know, you had a few experience in there when I first went there with the likes of. Terry Butcher, Russell Osman and uh, George Burley and Paul Cooper. But it, it was just one of them that at that time, the club were just slightly on a, on a bit more of a downward spiral. And uh, we set, well, I actually scored two goals against Sunderland in the last game of the season to keep them up in, in my first season. So um, it was an achievement to stay up. But I think the bigger clubs were coming, looking around at Ipswich at the time to try to nick some of the talent and, you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I made the decision when we got we got relegated, Bobby Ferguson's contract wasn't renewed. And I think him and Charlie Woods and, and Brian Owen and people like that, who was a reserve team at the manager, worked really hard on my game to improve me. And uh, I just felt at that time it was the best thing for Kevin Wilson personally to, to move on. Uh, well, your pre-match superstition, uh, what was it and why? Well, well let's have a, let me have a think on that one. Um, was it putting shorts on last? I think <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was all, always did. I don't I don't know why. Um, I actually did go out into the, the tunnel once and 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 I had to go back because I hadn't put them on. So it wouldn't it wouldn't have been very good going out like that. But you know, it was just something I I I did, and uh, it was a routine that I kept to. Uh, well, to some of your hobbies now, Kevin, uh, golf, tennis, badminton, snooker. Indeed, you named Steve Davis as your favourite other sports star of the time. And that was when he was in his pomp. Um, also, uh, you like taking your dog, Gemma, for long walks. Yeah. Um, Gemma's a bit of an unusual name for a dog. Yeah, uh, actually, she used to come on at half time in the reserve games and she was very good. She had more skill than I did uh, with the <laughs> ball. And, uh, 
she used to come on and Bobby Ferguson and uh, everybody used to love her going on. She'd flick it and, and run after it and drag it back, take it back behind her. She she was she was really good. But um, yeah, she was a cross between a, a Spaniel and a, and a Jack Russell. But she she was a good nature and she had good footballing ability. But I could never get a contract for her. Uh, well, we like to poke a bit of fun at your music tastes of the day, uh, and you chose Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. And uh, now, if I had yes. a quid, if I had a quid for every one of those eighty shoot profiles that mentioned Lionel Richie, uh, are you still a big fan? Um, yeah, well, I think I think there was, you know, in the eighties, there was some good music, wasn't there? I, was yeah, say, I think it's a bit different now. Um, you know, they're all, uh, you know, a bit different and a bit more. Uh, Less words in it, I would say, most probably in the songs. But uh, yeah, they, you know, had some good, good artists and good pop groups in the in the eighties, and it's uh, it's always good to sort of go back and listen to some of it. Yeah, and your favourite actor was Paul Newman, which is fair enough. And your favourite actress was Victoria Principal. Um, what was it about the gorgeous Miss Principal that you admired so much? <laughs> I think you, I think you've just answered it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is, it, is it fair to say your best years came after Ipswich uh, with the time you spent, the five years it was at Chelsea, who were then in the hands of controversial chairman Ken Bates? Uh, what do you remember about him and also your time at what was a very different looking Stamford Bridge in those days? I, I guess apart from Bates, there were plenty of characters around. Yeah, I was going to say when I, when I went to Ipswich, um, Ken Bates was very black and white. There was no grey areas with him, so you knew where you stood. and. We, um, he was one of them chairmen who was very hands-on. He was always around the club. He would pop down to the training ground and watch a train. And uh, he, he, he was very much a, a big, you know, a big figure um, within football. You know, not just at Chelsea, but yeah, the, you know, I believe in one year. I think when I signed for Chelsea, I signed there with Tony Dorigo and Clive Wilson and. Then it, you know, the likes after that, we we had the likes of Graham Roberts, Peter Nicholas, Ken Moncal, Dave Besant, Jen, Dennis Wise, Andy Townsend, you know, to join the likes of Gordon Jory, uh, Kerry Dixon, Pat Nevin, and and players like that. So when I, when you look back, I look at some of the quality that I played with and and, and played against, and and you feel honoured to be able to do that because. You know, I I was a, a boy that was born up in Banbury who, who was having who was living the dream really, who uh, got the opportunity to go and fulfil himself in, in the professional game. Well, not only did you do well at club uh, club level, but you got forty two caps for Northern Ireland. Um, I have to say, you've lost the accent though. <laughs> I never found it, <laughs> but it, my mum my mum was Irish. She come from a place called Dungiven and. Um, you know, as everybody knows, it you know, with birthright and what have you. And I was very proud, you know, the day I made my international debut at, uh, in, in, in television against Israel was a real proud day for me. And I know, I know my mum was and my dad was very proud of what I achieved and, and what have you. And, and to make 42 caps was a great achievement. And uh, yeah, it's certainly one that I owe, I owe my, my late mum um, that, that too. Uh, do, do you actually get a cap for every time you play an international or do they give you one after every 10? How does that work? Now, they used to just get, used to get one a season when mm. I played. Um, nowadays, you get 
a cap for every game. I think also we used to only have one shirt at one stage. I think they were just coming in where you had two shirts so you could swap it, get one of the other teams or, or what have you. So, no, you know, you, you sometimes against some of the good sides, uh, you're always trying to get the the big players. I think I got Ziggy Bonyek in one and I got uh, Mitchell. Uh, Bonyek played for... So I think now Ginger Eddie lad uh, got three goals in the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, he played um, for Poland and Juventus. Yeah, Poland. And then um, I got uh, Michel's team, Michel's shirt, playing mm. for Spain. So I think that was the nearest I got to him that night by getting his <laughs> shirt. So, you know, it's uh, yeah, so good, good memories, good times. Um, you know, it, it, it's not all uh, what it makes out to be. It is hard. You know, you have to stay mentally strong and, and deal with the injuries and loss of form and, and also moving and, and changing clubs because that, that all comes part and parcel of it. So, Kevin, uh, what happened to you after your playing days were over? Um, well, I had the stint at Notts County, didn't I, as, as played under Neil Warnock. Uh, that was certainly an experience. Um, you know, wasn't really my manager, wasn't my cup of tea as a manager, but he, he certainly, uh, I've got a lot of respect for him for what he's achieved and, you know, one of the most successful, or well, it is the most successful championship manager. Um, so, yeah, it was a, most probably I went there and I played 80-odd games. And I scored three goals. I ended up playing as a right back and a right side midfield player. So I, I wasn't the striker that I was. But then I went as player coach to Warsaw. Um, and and since then, I've, I've gone in the coach. I went in the coaching side. Um, from Warsaw, I went to Northampton as the assistant manager with Ian Atkins. And then, then Ian um, was uh, relieved of his duties and I, I got the job. And... I got promoted in the first season. So we got promoted away at Torquay where we won 2 1. So got up into the, uh, from Division 2 into Division 1, the, the old league at that time. So after football, I, I, it went really into the management side and managed a lot in non league. Um, mostly a lot of people remember me at Kettering with the Paul Gascoigne time mm. where, where he came in and. Uh, I, I left the, the role um, and also Ipswich really where uh, Ilkeston where we we built the academy and, and it was very successful with the likes of Shay Adams um, who now has gone on to, into the Premiership which is which is a great was a great achievement at the time I think we actually lost eight players at that time to in one season to um, football league clubs so you know it, it's been good because I've been able to to give opportunities to other players with the help of coaching staff that work with me to go on to to achieve the the sort of time that I you know that that I enjoyed in football. How do you look back at yourself in the nineteen eighties with the benefit of, benefit of hindsight, and what do you think nineteen eighties you would think about you today? Um, I think I think people would go back that. I, I'd always have a goal in me. I could, I could always get a goal. Um, I give everything I could, um, every game, and I most probably achieved a lot more than most probably I expected. You know myself, but um, I was most probably say I was an un, unknown 
most probably hero at times with you know with the people that I played with and and what have you. But you know, I I've had a great time and uh, I made I made some great friends or or, or met a lot of people in in the time and and what have you. You know, playing with the likes of Vinnie Jones and 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 people like that. They're you know they're proper characters and. You know, you do meet some good friends along the way, but uh, football is very much a journey. You know, you can journey around. And uh, I always got told by Bruce Rioch, if you come out with three friends in football in, in your career, then uh, you, you've done really well. And I, I, I mostly say that he's most probably about right. So, you know, it's uh, very much... Uh, you have to make sure you have to look after yourself. You're playing, you know, you are playing in a team sport, but... You also want success for yourself as well. Yeah. Um, what one piece of advice would you give young Shoestring from that picture in 1986? Work hard. Work hard and, and try to maximise your potential. And, and like I said earlier, I always worked as a manager from what I was told as a youngster. Attitude and application equals ability. Uh, and that means you, only, you can't just make it on ability alone. You've got to make sure that you're Able, you're wanting to do what you need to do, and uh, you know certainly that's what that my game was about. And as I got older, I got better, and, and that's because I most really came got more experience at it. But you know when I when I look back, I most really think, well, you know, from where I started, and you know with the setback at Sheffield United at the time, most probably a lot of uh, youngsters would never have ever uh, got got to Derby County or beyond and I mostly look at it and say look if you believe in yourself you stick at it and, and you try to come out the other side and when I when I look back and say well I scored over 200 goals and I, I played over 400 games and you know made 42 international caps and played against some great players and, and played with some great players and I, I've enjoyed every moment and uh, you know People can't take that away from me, and I, I certainly uh, would say to youngsters, keep believing and keep working hard. Because if you if you work hard enough, you will you you will get there. With that little bit of luck, if somebody can spot you at that time, and that's what I was looking at. You know, I got spotted, and people believed in me, and you know, I I kept persevering. Fantastic. Well, Kevin, that's our time at an end, and I have to say, it's been brilliant to reminisce about your career. Well, and some of your stories from back in the day. So thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Thanks for listening to What Happened to You. You can find us across all the main podcast platforms, so please don't forget to subscribe. For updates about future guests and new episodes, follow us on Twitter at WHTYPod. For extra content related to what happened to you, including the original interviews that inspired this episode, visit our friends The Set Pieces at www.thesetpieces.com and follow them on Twitter at The Set Pieces. We'll be back again soon, so until next time, goodbye.